Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, young and old. Man, we are great that uh, we are excited that we have the opportunity to, to worship with you and celebrate you today. And I pray wherever that you're at, you feel special. Uh, man, we have the opportunity as a church uh, to come together uh, in our homes right now and continue to worship through our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Um, if you've never been here before, this is your first Sunday joining us. Uh, we don't want anything from you today. Uh, but if this is your church, uh, let's continue to be faithful. Let's continue to trust God in our finances. Let's continue to believe that he is able, he is capable to watch over us, to take care of us. He's a God that meets all of our needs. And so uh, I'm going to pray as we get ready to go into today's message. We're going to ask God to bless and multiply every cent that comes into this church and to bless and multiply uh, the finances that he's entrusted us with because he's a good God. Would you do that with me? Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time of worship that we had. Thank you for moving powerfully uh, in the homes of people all across this region. Lord, worship, it creates an atmosphere for the miraculous. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, and Lord, we're gathered all across our homes, all across these towns and these cities that Journey Church has had the opportunity to influence and even beyond what we normally do. There's people joining us from other parts of the country and maybe even the world. Uh, Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity that we have to join together, uh, to be a church that continues to trust you with our finances. God, you're able. God, you're good. God, you're faithful. God, we can trust you with every detail of our lives. And so, Jesus, we trust you with our money. And Lord, would you take every penny that comes in, every cent, Lord, and would you use it to help us to further your kingdom, to reach more, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people that are not yet here. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, wherever you're at, would you say amen with me? Amen. As we get ready to jump into today's message, if you haven't yet, do me a favor and share this message. Right now, wherever you're at, just share it. Listen, one of our core values at Journey Church is contributors, not consumers. And so it's been really hard for us to continue that uh, because we, we, we do that mostly in, in the buildings. And so we come to Journey Church and we, we contribute. If this is our church, we serve and we give and, and we show up early and we, and we stay late. But what do you do uh, when, when you're not allowed to come to the building, how do you contribute? And so for right now, the best way for you to contribute is to share what's going on on Sunday, uh, to invite people, to text somebody right now to say, hey, I think you'll be encouraged by this. You got 30 minutes, you know, tune into this. Just continue to contribute to the mission of God uh, through this house. So if you haven't done that, do that right now. If you haven't wished your mom a happy Mother's Day, if, you, if you've been waiting, do that right now. It's 10, 35, 31, something like that. 10, 31 on my clock. She's been up for a while. And so text your mom right now in the middle of this sermon. Hey, I'm at church, but I wanted you to know how much I loved you. Let's watch this together, whatever you need to do. Uh, but let's make sure we welcome or wish our moms a, a happy Mother's Day today. I have a special sermon today in our, in our house party sermon series for the mom. So if you're not a mom, uh, don't check out. Uh, but this is, I think this is going to be uh, special and specific to the moms and, and the women that are listening. And, and so I want to take you into a story about a mom, about a mother-in-law, actually, uh, of a man named Peter. And I'm going to read out of three stories quickly uh, through the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and the reason is, is I want you to read the stories. And here's what you need to understand about the Bible. The Bible is made up of two parts. Uh, we're going to read from the New Testament. The New Testament is simply uh, their uh, books written about the life, the miracles, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And then the rest of the Bible, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the New Testament, is simply the story of how the church was birthed and how they continue to spread the message of Jesus Christ all over that region and to the other ends of the earth. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you read the Bible, they're very similar. In fact, uh, if you are a Bible person, you have probably heard this, this term before, the synoptic gospels. And that just means they're similar, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then there's a fourth gospel, John. It's a little different. Right, and, and so Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have this story uh, written in it, and I think it's very interesting. Right? I also want to. Well, I think it's funny. Here's why I think it's funny. Uh, the Bible is inspired by God, but it's written by normal people like you and me. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are normal people, and John, they're, they're, they have normal lives. They follow Jesus Christ. They write on from firsthand account. They want people to know about the life of Jesus. A little side note for you: because they're people, John, he kind of had a. Uh, um, I would say, uh, not an anger, but he was in competition with a man named Peter. Peter's who we're going to read about today in the story. We're actually going to read about his mother-in-law. What's interesting is Matthew, Mark, and Luke all put this story in their, their gospel. The one person who leaves them out is the one who's in competition with Peter. John, he's like, I'm not giving you any more of, of the book that I'm going to write that I, that I need to, right? And so I think it's kind of funny, kind of interesting, kind of shows you the humanity of the Bible. It's inspired by God, but God wanted us to know it's, it's written by people just like you and, and, and me. And I want to kind of just read you Matthew, Mark, and Luke's version of it, and I want to focus on one word here today. Here's what Matthew 8 says. All the story is two lines, right? Watch what he says. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. Watch what, what he says. And she got up and began to wait on him. Everybody, everybody highlight that. If you have a notebook, write that word down. It's very interesting. She's sick. Jesus comes in. He heals her. She gets up, and immediately she begins to wait on Jesus. Let's see what Mark says about the story, because he, he also writes about it. In verse chapter 1, verse number 29, he says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. See, I think it's funny. John doesn't write about it, but he's there, right? Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. Watch what the Bible says. The fever left her, and she began to do what? Everybody say it. She began to wait on them. And then Luke chapter 4 says the exact same thing. Jesus, in verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once, and she began to what? Everybody say it again. She began to wait on him. This is not the reaction that I would think most of us would expect. She's been sick. She, she's, she's laying in bed. At that time, you know, her fever could lead to, to death. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, modern medicine and, and, and resources. And so you kind of just waited it out, fought it off, and, and, and took care of them. And hopefully they recovered. Jesus walks in. She's instantly healed. And the Bible says three times in three different stories, here's what happened. She got out of bed and she began to wait on Jesus. This is not the reaction that we would expect. You ever been in a situation where you expect a certain reaction and it doesn't happen? So it's, it's Mother's Day today, and I love my mom, and I'm married to a mother. I love my wife. And so I figured I'd tell you kind of a story from our marriage, and actually it's before our marriage, where 
the reaction wasn't what was expected both ways. And so maybe you've heard this story from me before, uh, but I'm not great at waiting. I'm not like, I'm not great at, at, at being patient. And so the day that I picked up my wife's engagement ring, I think I got it from Zales in the mall, right? And so I picked up my, my future wife's engagement ring from Zales. I'm 21 years old, I believe, almost maybe 21. I go pick up this ring. I bring it home. Most people would wait, right? But I'm not good at waiting. And so I, 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 I I was like, where's my wife at? My wife was in a workout class at college, and so she's sweaty, she, she's, her hair's messy, she's working out, and I'm like, there's not a better time to surprise her than right now. Like, like, let's go surprise her right now. So I quick put on my suit, I brushed my teeth, I did my hair, and I, I bombarded into her workout class with all these other girls, and I got down on one knee, and I said, will you marry me? And she said yes, but it wasn't like yes, like the bachelor, yes, it was like, yes, what are you doing? Idiot, why would you ask me right now. I don't look good. And so here's what I, it wasn't the reaction that I expected, but I think for her, it wasn't the way she expected either, right? Like, I don't know that she grew up and was like, someday I want my future husband to bombard into my workout class in a suit as I'm all sweaty and ask me to marry him and then take me to Applebee's to celebrate. I think she probably dreamed of a little more romantic scenario. And so both of us did not have our expectations met. Now we've been married, uh, we're getting on 19 years, I believe this year. And so we're getting closer, 18 years, something like that. And it's, it's been fine, but it wasn't the reaction either one of us expected. This is not the reaction that I would expect. I had a lot of jokes about this. I had some jokes, but they were not appropriate for Mother's Day. Like, I was like, man, this is what happens when, a, when God heals a woman. She begins to wait. That's not a funny joke on Mother's Day, right? And so there has to be a reason for this. Like, there has, there has to be a purpose that all three gospel writers told us about this. They say she gets healed, and she immediately waits on Jesus. And so I think there's a message, and it's going to be really simple in that, that is going to be really applicable to the women, the moms, the women, and even some fathers and dads and, and all, all of us that we could apply to, to our lives. And I just want to give you a spoiler alert on this Mother's Day. I, I'm not a mom. I, I'm not a lady. I don't have expertise and all that, but, but I live with one. I live with, with, with a woman. I watch her work. I watch how wise that she is. I watch how compassionate that she is. I, I watch you moms, how patient that you are. I, I, I watch how you will give literally the shirt off your back to your kids. Like you'll eat cold food as they sit at the table and eat as you've cooked. And I, I've watched, I've watched how a woman functions and works in motherhood. And it is a beautiful thing. And so I'm not a mom and I don't, I'm not a lady, but I have experience. I grew up with a mom. I understand what it looks like to have a, a good mom, a mom that is investing in you and, and pouring into you. I, I get all that, but I'm not a mom. But here is what, what else I know about, about motherhood and, and ladyship, if that's a word, and womanhood. Man, it's tough. Like I, I'm, There's days that, that, that I actually sit back and think to myself, I'm glad I'm a dude. Like, I'm glad I'm a guy. I see how much stuff that my wife uses to get ready and, and, and different things. And then sometimes I get on my wife's social media feed, and, and I don't have Instagram, but she does. And I look through her Instagram account and, and, and see kind of the pictures and the people that she follows. And I, I see all these exercise people and these people that have the perfect homes and the perfect kids and, 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 and the, the, the perfect lives. And, you know, no kids are ever screaming. And I think to myself, man, being a woman is tough. Like you, there's so much weight 
on a, on a woman right now. Like there's so much. Like women, they, they want to be valuable. They want to be important. They want to be stylish. They want to be a good mom, a good spouse. Many of us want, women want to be, you women, not us women, want to be a savvy businesswoman. Uh, we're going to be organic, free-range cooks that sell oils with honor roll kids. And here is what I believe many of you are so stressed out in this race of life that you're running. The weight of being a, a, a woman. Like there's this weight to, 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 to being a mom right now that sometimes that I don't even fully comprehend and understand. And, and I want to talk to you about it today. In fact, I talked with Allison, our, our campus director from Royersford. I know she's spending some time with moms through a Zoom group. And I, I said, Let's tell me what moms are struggling with right now. Tell me what it's like to be a mom because I'm, I'm not one. I live with, with, a, with a mom and I had a mom, but, but I don't understand fully. And she said the same thing. She said they're struggling right now, moms, with homeschooling and having kids home all the time and, and missing friends and sports. And some days they feel overwhelmed. And I'm, I'm with you. I sat in, 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 my, in my living room this t- yesterday or two days ago and I I was painting some, some, some trim work in, in our living room, and in the next room, my wife was homeschooling Harrison. I just thought to myself, how do you even do this right now? Like, how are you even being that patient? Like, mom said, they're, they're, it's hard for them to find motivation, and there's pressure from social media to be perfect, and you, you, you always compare yourselves with others and, and, and what you're actually doing. And, and then a lot of them said, and then let's not even get to the quarantine 15. Let's not even go to that. Let's not even talk about that on Mother's Day. And there is just this weight to, to being a woman. And I want to show you the simplicity of, of this message. I, I think there's the, the reason that the gospel writers wanted us to know this, and I'm going to apply it to being a woman, but we can apply it to everything in our lives. There's, there's a simple message after her life is healed that I think will impact you, I hope will impact you as you move forward on this day. But I want to talk to you about what I think too many women are, are waiting on, wrong things that women are waiting on in our culture that's different from, from what you see in this, in this woman, Peter's mother-in-law. The first one is this. Too many of us wait for this. We wait for what I would call attention. We, we wait for, for attention. Now, we can play on words. We're waiting for attention, but there's also the wait uh, of attention. Like we're moms, women are struggling with, with the need for attention. Like we, we all want it, right? We want people to see us. We want people to recognize us. We want people to think that we're doing a good job. We want to have the perfect kids and the perfect bodies and perfect homes and perfect husbands and hair and, 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 and all those things. And here's the thing, even if you don't have those perfect things, you can get attention about that now, right? Like that's the new trend. I don't know much about TikTok. My wife went in uh, to, to pick something up yesterday and I was in the car by myself and it kind of turned into longer than I wanted to. I needed to pass the time and so I opened up her phone because I didn't have my phone with me and I got on a TikTok app. Now I don't know much about TikTok but I started scrolling through different things on TikTok and, and one thing I noticed about TikTok is before you wanted to show perfection like it was perfect like everything was right but there's these other videos that as I scrolled through that I realized like the one was like a woman who was taking video of herself she was just abused by her by her boyfriend I believe and she was taking video of her fake calling a pizza place right and 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 ordering a pizza actually she was calling 911 and my heart was like this is 
This is great. Like there was millions of views of this. And then another video, a few, few, few uh, scrolls down, was a woman who was dropping her ring off to her, her husband who wouldn't stop playing video games. And it was like, I'm stepping into divorce. And there was even that. And there's this, this need. I was like, I can't believe people are posting these raw emotional moments in their life. And, and it used to be this necessity to have everything perfect. But even now, you can just get attention for imperfect lives. And I think a lot of us are carrying around, men and women, but specifically because it's Mother's Day, this weight of trying to get attention. Does my life matter, right? Does anyone see what I do? Does, does all this make, make a difference? And I want you to think about this situation in, in, in Peter's mother-in-law's life. She's just been healed. Um, this is her moment. Like, this is... If, if I think about our context, our culture, there's moments that happen where when they happen in our culture, people, knowing, knowing them, they would say, this is a moment I need to capitalize on. Like, this is a moment that, that I need to make sure people see. This is a moment that I need to make sure that I share. This is a moment that needs some music to the background. This is a moment that can get me noticed. This would be that moment. Jesus comes in. He heals her, right? Like, this could have been the moment she could have been famous for. She could have made some t-shirts, right? This would have been the moment that she could have decided to throw herself a got well party. Not a get well party, but she could have thrown herself a, a got well party. This is the moment. She could have written a book, maybe started a blog, maybe went on a speaking tour and shared her testimony. I was once in bed and now I'm alive. At the very least, at the very least, if she lived in our culture, in this moment, at the very least, she, she, she could have captured pictures of the perfect dinner party she was throwing for Jesus and his disciples. Like at the very least, this is her moment to get attention. But here's what I know about attention. Desperation for attention never gets you the attention you're really desperate for. Desperation for attention never really gets you the, the, the attention that you're so desperate for. I remember when I was in uh, a, a middle school, I think I was actually uh, elementary school. I was in sixth grade. And so that was elementary school in Boyertown, uh, Pennsylvania. And it was our, we were in gym class, and there was a, a kid named Rich in gym class who, who I thought was really cool. And I wanted to be, to be cool, and I wanted, I wanted some attention. I wanted people to recognize me. And so, you know, at a young age, you start to figure out, like, who are the kids that you need to hang out with so that you can get attention. And so uh, Rich was the first guy to wear, to wear deodorant in gym class, and I didn't wear deodorant. I didn't have any armpit hairs. I remember, I remember when you were a little boy, and this probably doesn't relate to, to women, but for little boys going into teenagerhood, you, you could not wait to get a little bit. Of armpit hair. You cannot wait to get a little facial hair. That discussion has already come in our house. Like, hey, I think I'm getting I'm getting some hair. I get some more hair on my legs. I'm like, okay, it's it's a it's a it's a moment of pride. And so I didn't have any armpit hair, and I didn't really need deodorant yet, and I wasn't really stinking yet. But Rich was, and so he's putting on deodorant. And one day, in my attempt to get attention, I was like, hey, let me let me see your deodorant. I'll lick it. I just wanted him to like me, and I was like, I'll lick it. I was in the locker room. I remember it like it was yesterday. I cannot believe this still sticks out to me. I'll lick it, and he was like, what? Didn't even ask me. It wasn't like he was like, lick my, arm, my armpit deodorant. I was like, I'll lick it, right, because I thought it would get me attention. And so I licked it, and we went out to gym class, and I didn't think much of it. And then all of a sudden, Rich began to tell everybody, Steve licked my deodorant. Steve licked my deodorant. He began to tell the girl, Steve licked my deodorant. And I got attention, but not the way that I wanted to get attention. And I think so many times we struggle in this area of our lives. Desperation for attention often doesn't get us the attention that we're really desperate for. I want you to notice something about this woman that I think is really, really important. 
We all believe uh, that a name will give us what we want. So we need a name. We need people to know who we are. Don't you think it's interesting if you read this story that all three writers don't put the name of Peter, Peter's mother-in-law? In fact, I did some study. I'm like, well, what was her name? Nobody knows. All we know about the life of Peter's mother-in-law is that she was healed and she waited on the Lord. That, that's all we know. Interestingly enough, we still talk about her 2,000 years later. You see, there's so many people who have made a name for themselves or want to make a name. I want people to know who I am. I want them to give me the attention. I want people to recognize me. There's this weight that we're under, almost desperation. And when we're desperate for attention, we never get the attention that we're so desperate for. We want a name. And the, the, the truth is, within years of you dying, nobody knows your name anymore. Anyways, you don't even know her name. I wonder if she read back her story as she got older and Jesus died and went into the tomb and rose from the dead and ascended to heaven and, and scripture began to kind of be passed and stories began to be passed. I wonder if she ever read through the story and was like, what? They didn't even put my name or I wonder if she was okay with it. I, I, I wonder if she was excited that she just got the chance to serve the Lord in that moment. You see, there's a difference between getting attention and making a difference. Did she make a difference? 100% absolutely. She could look back at her life someday and say, I had a hand in helping Jesus spread the gospel as he traveled the region in preparation for his death, burial, and his resurrection. I remember that night where I cooked for Jesus and I fed them a meal and I strengthened them. They were weary in that moment. I strengthened them and provided an atmosphere where they could gather their thoughts and get ready to go to their next destination. Did she have a hand in changing the world? Absolutely. But there's a difference between getting attention and making a difference. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 16. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple, what do they got to do? They got to deny themselves. They got to take up the cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? He says, listen, if you want to follow me, you got to become nameless. You're not going to get the attention that you think you need. But if you live your life like that, you'll gain your, your soul. What good is it to gain the whole world let yet lose your, your soul? So I think a lot of women are, are waiting for what I would call attention. And let me give you the secret stepchild uh, uh, of attention. I think it's the wait for approval. I think the reason so many women struggle with the wait for attention is ultimately inside of you. And, and I'm going to men as well. We struggle with what I would call the weight of approval. There's a weight inside of us where we are not fully convinced that we're good. We're, we're not good enough. We don't believe anybody really sees us. We don't, we don't really believe what we do matters. We don't believe that we're attractive. We don't really believe we're doing a good job. You see, the reason oftentimes that we seek the, the, the eyes of others is because we aren't confident in what our own eyes see in ourselves. That's what happens. That's why we seek attention. That's why we want the eyes of other people on us. The reason that we do that is because we're not confident of the answers to those questions I just asked you when we look at, at ourselves. And can I tell you what happens when we continue to wait for attention, which really leads to the wait for approval? Am I good enough? Do you see me? Can I do it? Can I handle this? Am I worth it? Am I attractive? All these things that all of us ask ourselves. Can I tell you what happens? The lack of confidence in yourself breeds a culture of competitiveness in the world. 
The lack of confidence in yourself is breeding a culture of competitiveness in this world. This happens in every aspect of our lives. Where you're insecure, the way that you fight it is to be competitive with other people. Why? Because you're not quite sure of what you look at when you look at yourself in the mirror. And so you live your life in competition with other people. I did some studying this week. In the mom world, they call this mom shaming, right? Like mom shaming. Where we're not quite confident in who we are as moms. And so what do we do? We find other people that we think or you think that you're doing better at than, 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 than they are. And you begin to shame them. I, I looked some up because I don't really understand this, this whole thing. But they call it mommy wars, mama mom hate, mom shaming. And, and I'll just give you the list that I found. I didn't make these up because I didn't understand it fully. But here's some things that we are in secret competition with people because we struggle with, with approval, which is why we run after attention, the weight of approval. They said moms will, will preach uh, and, and be in competition about breastfeeding. You'll, you'll, you'll judge each other. She doesn't breastfeed. She does breastfeed. She does it God's way. She's feeding her kids chemicals. You know, we're just, we're going, we don't know if that woman couldn't do it. We don't know if that woman could do it. We don't know anything about them. We just know that whatever way that we do it, it's better than, than that person. We, we begin to question uh, moms and their baby's milestones. My baby walked when they were six months old. Why is your baby not walking? My baby crawled. My baby said their first word. My baby said, mom, Two days after they were born, why doesn't your baby say any words? And we begin to mom shame each other. Some of you comment on, 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 on other moms' choice to work or stay, stay home. And so some moms will say, you go to work. You don't like your kids. And some people say, you stay home and, and you're lazy. Like, you don't want to go to work. You're just lazy. And we mom shame each other. We judge Pinterest moms. You ever been there? Sometimes I judge Pinterest moms. I'm like, Where, what is wrong with this lady? She has a perfect house. She has a perfect you know, dinner. She has perfect hair. None of her kids are crying. And we begin to judge Pinterest moms. We comment on other people's bodies, right? They, they, they obviously don't spend any time with their kids because nobody that spends time with their kids has time to work out. Or you look at another mom and you say, man, she is so lazy. She's put on that much weight after kids. And, and we judge each other as moms. We even question people's birth choices. Well, I had my baby, you know, the natural way. I had a doula, a midwife, you know. I didn't even let my husband come in because he's annoying. I kept him out. I did it the natural way. I didn't take any medication. I didn't do nothing. I just, I, you know, I put the, the, the theme track to Rocky on the eye of the tiger, and I just did my business. And the other mom said, no, I, I went to the hospital. I got the, the, the shot in my back that makes everything numb. And I, you know, I put on, I put on this type of music, and we judge each other. We criticize each other on how we spend our free time. Point being, because we're not, we're not okay with ourselves, because we don't have confidence in ourselves, we end up being competitive for other people, which the truth is, the real reason is because we're carrying around the weight of approval, right? We are not quite sure of any of the answers to the questions that I just asked, and I'm going to encourage you. At some point in your life, especially moms, you got to stop waiting for the approval of others, and you got to start living from the approval of God. You got to stop waiting for the approval of others, and you got to start living from the approval of God. Like, let, me, let me just tell you something, women. Uh, the Bible says you're seen. That's what it says in Psalms 121. So when you ask if anybody sees you, the Bible says you're seen. Watch what he says. The Lord, what does he do? The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. You're seen. 
Can I tell you what else the Bible says? The Bible says you're hurt. Some of you ask, does anybody know me? Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Does anybody hear me? The Bible says you're hurt. In 1 Peter 3, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are, are on the righteous, and his, watch what his, his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I've been crying out. I need help. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. The Bible says his ears are attentive to your prayer. The Bible also says you're gifted. In Christ, you're gifted. Ephesians 2 says you are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And some of you say, am I loved? A -a am I loved? First John 4 says that. It answers that. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What does that mean? You're, you're seen. You're heard, you're gifted, you're loved. Am I good enough? Does anybody see me? Does what I do matter? Am I attracted? Am I doing a great job? The answer to all of those questions is found in the scripture. Stop waiting for other people's approval and start living from approval. When you do that, when you do that, you don't need attention because you know the eyes of the Lord are, are on you and you don't live from disapproval and in a competitive nature because you know he has fully approved you through his son, Jesus Christ. That's your main job is to just serve the Lord. How do you know you're doing a good job? Wait on the Lord. Serve the Lord. And let me just give you one more I think that will affect a lot of women today. Number three, uh, the wait for appreciation. So there's, a, there, there's the wait... Um, of attention that many of us struggle with. I want attention. But the, the reason is, is because we don't feel approved. Um, and, and that approval, if you don't get it under control, really will be found in the reward. And the, the, the reward is, is anybody appreciating me? Does anybody value me? Listen, being a mom is maybe the most all-inclusive demanding job in the history of mankind. Maybe even more so now. Think about it. You're the life management coach. You school, homework, tutoring, academics. Now you homeschool. Some of you homeschool your kids while working from home. Some of you first responders or those that are still working outside of the home go all day and come home and still have to homeschool your kids. I don't even want to get started on the weight of the single mother. Like there is work, right? Life management. Many of you have the job of providing a, the primary connection and emotional glue for all members of your family. You need to know how they're doing, what they're going through, what they're facing, what their emotions are. You need to pull back the layers. I've watched my wife do this of what's really going on, right? There's this weight. Some of you serve as the person who makes everyone feel appreciated. And then there's the free time. Most moms in their free time are, are picking stuff up, cleaning stuff up. I mean, being a mom is a demanding job. And this is the day for, for us to say thank you. I think it's funny. And after all that, we give you one day. <laughs> one day where we go, hey, mom, good job. Thanks for all you've done. Here's a Kohl's gift card, right? And the truth is, you will never, you will never be appreciated enough. You will never be appreciated enough. But it's a trap. I just want you to know that. I started thinking about Mother's Day for, for a lot of you uh, because I think the human, the human nature is to, is to begin to go over all that you, you've done and go, you know, um, I don't get enough attention. I don't even know if I'm doing a good job, that weight of approval. Uh, and then ultimately, you have this day where it's like, okay, well, can, can everybody at least give me value and honor me, right? And that's a good thing. Honor is a good thing, right? Receiving honor is a good thing. Going after honor is not, a, is not a biblical thing, though. And so some of you are like, I want to receive honor, but there's this, this weight to it. I call it the Facebook weight. 
And the reason I call it the Facebook way, Instagram way, whatever you want to call it, is today, uh, you, not only will you, will you be celebrated as a mom at some form or fashion, but there's, there's also going to be this knack for you to get on Facebook and to compare with how everybody else is being celebrated. Like your, 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 your kid made you a, a macaroni necklace, right? That's all they had. Maybe finances are tight. Couldn't they, so they made you a macaroni necklace. And, and you're like, oh, that's so sweet until you get online and Susan's family bought her a diamond ring. Where did they even get it from? They harvested it, right? A diamond ring. And you're like, she got to appreciate it in a way that I never would. Like they gave me a macaroni necklace, right? And it's great and all, but man, that's appreciation. And I think there's this weight of this this almost competitive appreciation who's done enough who's posted as many as many pictures who you know who said the best words who wrote the biggest paragraph did my husband thank me enough for all that I do for our kids and there's this weight uh, uh, of appreciation and I, I think I think maybe Peter's mother-in-law could have dealt with this if she wasn't careful like it never says she served them and they thanked her and they celebrated her and they and they and, you know they wrote her name down in the box. She, she was so underappreciated, they didn't even write her name down. She was healed, and then she waited on the Lord. She, she was healed, and then she waited on, on, on the Lord. And some of you, you're, you're going to give in to your feelings today. And, and the feelings are going to say, you know, I, I've been underappreciated. I, I, I'm not appreciated enough. And I want to encourage you, moms, because you never will be. And, and your feelings will lie to you. Your, your, your feelings will lie to you. The feelings say this, you're not appreciated enough. That's probably true. But the lie is that it actually matters. That doesn't matter. Nobody can pay you back for, for what you've done. And so here's what I thought to myself, and I think this is applicable to men as well as fathers in, in our lives as, as parents, because we're going to do things for our kids that they're never going to fully recognize. And then by the time they get old enough to recognize it, they got their own kids to worry about and their own situations to deal with. And, and they finally begin to realize that, but it's far past all the things you've done for them. And so here's what I found out in my own life, and I think it'll be good for the moms. At some point in your life, you have to find joy in what you're giving and not happiness in what you're receiving. At some point in your life, as a mother, but really in your life, you have to find joy in what you're giving, not happiness in what you're receiving. Because when you wait for appreciation, when you wait for somebody to recognize everything you've done, you just end up resentful in, in your own life. Like at some point, you got to get rid of the weight of appreciation and just find joy in serving others. And I think that is the message in this story. I think that's why they wanted us to hear this. The message is not, here's her name, here's how great she was, here's what she did after she, she was healed, uh, besides what, waiting, like here's where she went, here's how much of a part of the church that she came, like we don't know anything about that. All we know simply is that she was healed, she was made whole, she was given her life back, and then she began to wait on the Lord. And the truth is, we can still marvel at that response, but listen, but more importantly, Maybe we should follow that example. Maybe the weight of everything that we struggle with is because we focus on the wrong things. And here's what I found in my life. When you focus on the wrong things, when you focus on things that are, are temporary, that don't really matter in the scope of eternity, depression always comes into your life. Weight always floods your heart. But when you focus on Jesus, she was healed and she just began to serve him. I, I truly believe this. And we've taught this in our church for years. But when you wait on the Lord, 
He can do great things with your life. That word wait, W-A-I-T, serve the Lord. When you serve the Lord. Now somebody say, how do I serve the Lord? When you serve your family, you're serving the Lord. When you serve at church, you're serving the Lord. When you give up things in your life so that others can have it, you're serving the Lord. Some of you are raising the next great world changer right now. You're serving the Lord. Nobody knows your name, but they're going to maybe know your kid's name or your kid's kid's name or, or somebody your kid's life touches. They're going to change the world, and you are a part of that. And at some point in your life, you find contentment there in motherhood. That my job is just to serve, that I just get to wait on the Lord. And when I just take that attitude, God can do great things with, with me. We, we, you ever heard the statement, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. But that is not a good Mother's Day acronym. It's not nice. You, know, you get your mouth washed out with soap. So maybe we'll call kiss, uh, keep it simple, Sally. Keep it simple, Sally. Like, like listen, and Sally just sounds like a mom's name, like the all-American mom, right? Listen, stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Stop wondering if people see you, right? If what you do matters. Stop wondering if you're approved. Stop waiting to be overly appreciated, right? Thinking that that'll make you feel better. And just find joy in serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with joy. Serve the Lord with purpose. What you do matters, right? What you do is important. What you do makes a difference. I want you to hear those words. What you do matters. What you do is important. Listen to me, mom. What you do is making a difference. Everything you do, everything you do is historic. Everything. Every bottle you make, every moment you share, every tear that you wipe, Every mess that you clean up, everything is historic when you put it in the hands of God. You don't need attention. His eyes are on you. You don't need approval. He's already accepted you through Jesus Christ, and you don't need appreciation, right? When you desire that, it leads to resentment. You just need to find joy in doing what God has called you to do. And when you do that, you'll make history. When you do that, that's the, that's the principle. We're not talking about her because of her great name. We're not talking about her 2,000 years later because of everything she did after this. She simply just kept it simple. I'm just going to serve the Lord in this moment. And when I serve the Lord, my wife can accomplish historic things. Would you be encouraged all over these houses? Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And uh, it's Mother's Day, so we can give the moms one, 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 one moment, uh, one Sunday. And I know a lot, of, a lot of moms struggle right now. Listen, I get it. It's, it's hard work being a mom. The weight is incredible. It's hard work being a lady. When I told you, man, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not a lady, that's not a lie. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, there's times I look at what women have to deal with. I think to myself, man, the, the struggle is amazing. It's real. Like, the, the weight, the questions that you're always looking for answers in. And I got to tell you, uh, the answer to what you're looking for is, is always only ever going to be Jesus Christ. She's healed and she serves. She's made whole and she waits on the Lord. That, that is as simple of a message that I will ever preach. She finds joy in, in serving him. She finds purpose in, in, in serving him. We don't know her name, but we still talk about her actions 2,000 years later. If you want your life to make a difference, the simple message is serve the Lord. Seek his face. Give him your, your, your best. Don't worry about the attention of other people. And don't look for the approval from other people. And don't think you need affirmation or be appreciated. Just serve the Lord. And purpose and joy is found there.
It's found there. Mom, what you do matters. It's making a difference. It's important. It's historic. It's life-changing. Nothing you do is unseen. When you serve your family, you serve the Lord. You serve those who God has entrusted you with. The Bible talks often about how much that God loves his kids. The heart of a kid. Protecting kids. When you serve them with your heart, with your love, unrelenting, you serve the Lord. What you do matters. So I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And I think there's some moms who maybe are listening to me who know this in your life. It was just confirmation. And there's other moms who literally you struggle with that. You struggle. Maybe you didn't have a, somebody who's ever told you that you're valuable, that you're good, that you're worthwhile, that you can do it. Maybe you've never had somebody that believes in you. Maybe you've never had somebody who, who values you. There, there's, there's a God that does that. And he loves you more than you can imagine. So we sang about right before we, I started preaching, this God who's been good and this God who's been kind. But more than that, he is a powerful God. He's a life-changing God. And when he comes into our lives, we know that he's a father. We know that he loves us. We know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Some of you say, how do I know that? Because he would give up himself for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You are seen. You, 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 you have the eyes of the Lord on you. He was thinking about you long before you've ever even thought about him. He sees your struggle. He, he, he wants to wipe away your tears. He, he knows what you, what you deal with inside of your head. He knows the anxiety that you face. He wants to be an ever-present help in a time of need. And I know that he's here because the Bible promises when we lift up the name of Jesus, then he'll begin to draw people to himself. I know he's here. See, my words without the power and the presence of God uh, are just a speech, maybe entertainment, maybe boring to you, I'm not sure. But when I speak the word of God, the powerful, life-giving, everlasting, eternity-shaking word of God, the Bible promises that he begins to do a work in people's lives. And so as I've spoken through the use of technology, through your computer, your TV, your phone, wherever you're listening, the spirit of the Lord has began to speak in your heart, in your life. And he's here right now. And I would love to pray with you as we close. And so I need, I'm going to ask you something in a second. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're not a mom. Maybe you're a, 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 a guy and you're like, man, this message has been about being a mom. But it's really spoken to me as well. Like I, I've struggled with attention and approval and wanted somebody to recognize me. And I just want to give my life to Jesus Christ and serve him the rest of my life. That's as simple as it can be. I'm going to give my life to Jesus and I'm going to serve him for the rest of my life with all of my heart. And maybe that's you. Maybe you said that's where I'm at today. Maybe you're a mom and you've struggled. Maybe you're struggling right now and you say you know what I need Jesus Christ I need him to be an ever-present help in a time of need I want him to come into my life I believe in him I believe he died for my sins and he took my place and I don't know everything else about it but I know I know right now that I need him I'm gonna pray with you as we as we close and as I'm praying uh, maybe wherever you're at you would just let us know as I'm praying you would say hey that's me and, and, and the way you'll do that is on your screen, they're going to bring up just a, a lower third, and it's going to say, hey, here's the emoji you can share. Here's what, how you can respond. And there's people watching on YouTube, on our website, on Facebook, even on our app right now. And when we find out you responded, we would love to connect with you. We, we would love to help you walk through this decision. We believe in Jesus. We believe he's good. We believe this is life-changing. We're not good. We would be lost without him, but Jesus has rescued us and made us alive. 
And we want nothing more than for everyone that hears this to know that. Moms, to know that. Young single mother, to know that. Maybe, maybe your, your boyfriend left you as soon as you got pregnant and you've been left with, with a baby right now and you've wondered, am I good enough? Can I make it? Do I deserve better? Man, man am I, is my life ever going to change? God's eyes are on you. Maybe you're a middle-aged mom, man. You've poured so much into your kids and they're in the teenage years and it feels like they don't even see you anymore. You're, you're, you and your husband just kind of pass each other. It feels like you're roommates, right? And you've wondered, does it matter? Man, God's eyes are on you. What you do matters. I don't know what situation that you're in right now, but the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to you, wants to change you, and wants to set you free. And so I'm going to pray. Maybe you're not a praying person. All prayer is, is a cry out to help, for help to God. That's what it is. I'm going to cry out for help to God right now. That's all we're going to do. Jesus, I want a relationship with you. And as I begin to pray, maybe you would just let us know at whatever platform that you're on. And we're going to sing one more song. We're going to proclaim the power of God. God's power is going to, is going to run rampant over the last three or four minutes. And as we sing, you can continue to let us know wherever you're at. I've responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of our moderators will get back with you. Let's begin to pray all over our homes. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're a powerful God. Thank you for moving mightily in this service. Thank you for the moms that are here. Though there's some moms that know you and know you well. There's other moms that they don't know you. They don't know they're seen. They don't know they're loved. They don't know they're good enough. And Lord, they struggle, Lord. Right now they struggle. There's single moms. There's older moms. There's moms that are in the middle that have wondered if they can do it. And Lord, sometimes it's just simple. We just give us uh, or give our lives to you, and then we just serve you with all our heart. That's where significance is found. That, that's where joy is found. That's where purpose is found. And so, Lord, there's people listening to my voice that right now they're responding to your gospel. That word gospel means good news. It means I was dead and now I'm alive. I was lost and now I'm found. Jesus, you died on a cross for our sins. You were placed in a tomb. And on the third day, you rose in power. And we believe in that message. We believe in that hope. We believe in that victory. And Jesus, we give you everything that we are right now in any situation that we're going through. And we believe that you'll move mightily on our behalf. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for saving people. We thank you for setting people free. We thank you, Lord, that we get to sing one more time about how powerful powerful you are, how good you are, how in control you are. As we face this week, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We go at it like you want us to go at it. We go at it with determination, with hope, with joy, with the peace that surpasses all understanding. Our God's in control. In Jesus' name we pray.